0: Hello there, I'm George Hall, and welcome back to the Good Growth Podcast. Now, today we're bringing you the second part of our introduction to good growth technology episode. So back at the start of May, I was lucky enough to sit down with Jake Clarkson, who is now Good Growth CTO, to discuss all things acquisition and all things GGT. Jake, we kicked off uh, kicked off last episode with quite a, a tricky question of simply who are you, um, and then I guess another uh, fairly tricky one. But in terms of an elevator pitch of kind of what do we do as a company, what is it that, that makes Good Growth special and Good Growth Technology special, and how do we go about doing what we do in the best way possible?
1: I think there's um, you know an important thing on, in terms of how the businesses came together because you know both businesses you know again, frankly speaking, in the sort of reality of business there are overheads to meet you know sure. um both being relatively small businesses at least yeah similar size you know a good growth being you know give or take 20 amigo at the, at the point of acquisition being you know seven or eight so you know um so so we had to sort of marry up the desire for the sort of make the most of the the new versus the sort of pragmatic need to meet overhead and you know of course there is legacy clients from from both businesses, just the practicalities of having to communicate with them, bring them up to speed. But you know, of course, the flip side of that is to excite them. We've got something new to say. So I think in this in this first quarter, firstly, it's it's been really exciting. It's been great to bring these two businesses together. I think it's fair to say at this point we've had a really great reception um, for the for the new proposition. And there's, you know, a le- legacy of doing things a certain way in Amigo, a legacy of doing certain things in uh, Good Growth. And what we were really keen, you know, when, you know, I and other, other leaders of, of Amigo were starting to have the conversation with Good Growth, a picture that we used, sort of mental image, as um, sort of you know, guiding principles that, you know, we're not just, take a Venn diagram, you know, uh, we're not just looking for some kind of intersection between what was Good Growth and Amigo. We're looking for a completely new space, almost, which is a new business, still called Good Growth, um, but, you know, logically a completely new business where we take the best bits from both businesses, we leave behind, and not just leave behind implicitly, but, you know, just consciously say that these are things we want to leave behind. This is an opportunity to do so. Mm -hmm. So um, in terms of how I would um, articulate the, the, the proposition now for Good Growth It is to enable or to give insight and enable innovation at speed within current constraints. I think there are three parts to it. So there's insight and innovation, part one, at speed, part two, and within constraints, part three. And these things aren't mutually exclusive, um, you know, but I can unpack and, and talk a little bit about them. So the insight and innovation, this is... Um, you know the, the what I suppose you know what what, what do we do and, and what do we mean by insight and what do we mean by innovation so the insight part we can think of as somewhat synonymous with the, with the data sure. um, and the, the history that we have in good growth of delivering great data work um, whether it's modeling um, you know whatever it is back to that um, D the decide or the hypothesis generation. So we've got a great legacy there. So that's the idea of of insight. So, for example, given your given a data set, which could be from typically from Google Analytics, could be Adobe Analytics, could be increasingly from I should say Amigo is now um, Good Growth Technology or GGT. So think of those all um, synonymous. So given a data set using our intellectual property models that we've built up over the over the years, what insights can we can we give to you? Then, with innovation, um, I like to think of innovation in, in in two ways. So, it's for me closely related to this idea of, um, of of testing. So, if we if we take a look at the closely related to this idea of, of testing, so. We're testing, and I'll go to our old friend, the dictionary, or at least what Google says. When Google tells us everything, you know. Um, <laughs> now, maybe ChatGPT does. Maybe I should have made that request. But anyways, to test. So it's to take measures to check the quality, performance, or re- uh, reliability even um, of something, especially before putting it into widespread use or practice. So this idea of uh, testing something then innovating is to make changes in something established, especially by introducing new methods, ideas, or products. So with innovation, we're typically dealing, in some ways, we can think of innovation as being somewhat synonymous with, with risk. Yeah. You know, so innovation is... The outcome isn't known, you know, it's... I want to try something that is, you know, aligned with what we've done historically, you know, we as a, as a potential client of, of Good Growth. But, you know, it's going into new territory. It might not work, you know. So I'd like to combine the two and to think of innovation in that sentence. I'll talk a little bit more about innovation and why there are challenges around it in a minute. So I'd like to introduce new methods, ideas or products into something already established and test performance before putting into widespread use. So we've sort of joined the two together. So what's historically been the preserve of, of testing, sort of relatively unambitious as defined by conversion rate optimization tools typically, um, we like to have that speed and freedom, and de-risked, ultimately de-risked approach to, to innovation that looks like and feels like testing. Okay. So um, the process of innovation should be testable, is, is a core belief. So back to the, the core sentence, you know, for, to enable inside innovation at speed within current constraints. So at speed. So we can take two potential approaches and sort of, by um, a thought experiment, play them off against each other. So we could say, well, one way to innovate might be to get our again speaking as if I'm a client of Good Growth, get our internal resources to do the work, and you know, that's that's one way of doing it. And I'll, I'll come back to why that's a potential challenge um, aside from the obvious lack of resource uh, availability of resource. So that's that's one way we could do it, or we could do it through Good Growth, which is. And so how do we differentiate ourselves, why why go with us as opposed to through um, traditional means, should should we say. And so if we're not delivering this at speed, then we fall foul of some of the existing challenges with with innovation. Mm -hmm. I think I I would draw out maybe four things, four challenges um, that that one might face when trying to innovate. One's lack of resources, which we've touched on already. and I think it's particularly relevant um, at the moment where, you know, you know, we're all operating in a tough economic climate. Um, you know, we're in, on the 3rd of May, <laughs> 2023, just for those listening back. You know, it's pretty tough out there. Um, there's uncertainty in multiple dimensions. And so, you know, innovating, I think, as well as, you know, we talked about it being somewhat overlapping or uh, adjacent to risk, you know, at the moment risk taking isn't maybe particularly at the top of people's <laughs> list. Um, so with budgets being squeezed um, from, you know, software re- engineers, UX designers, you know, they're all in high demand but, you know, low supply. And it's, there's a general lack of resource available to, to, to innovation, to innovate. Secondly, another reason for, for why innovating might be hard is organisational complexity. So going from a, which, you know, will increase exponentially with size of organisation, for those of us that have worked in large organisations can, you know, uh, you know, can attest to that. So going from an idea to a delivered solution will, you know, will likely require the traversal of multiple teams, multiple maybe multiple time zones, multiple committees. You know, so it's just, it's quite a daunting exercise when you know that what you might be putting forward um, doesn't have a back to the innovation, you know, not having a defined guaranteed positive outcome, when you're trying to go through this process, it's you've got to sort of psych yourself up, you know, yeah. and get ready for that. And it's something that maybe one um, doesn't do. This, this frankly is cost. Um, so, you know, again, if let, let's, again, this thought experiment say, I want to innovate, you know, replace innovate with risk. I want to take risk, you know, and now I come to cost. You know, I want to take risk give me some money to do that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it takes a certain... I mean, of course, there are organisations out there um, that, that, that encourage that, typically ones that have lots of spare cash, let's be, let's yeah. be frank. So there's, there's actually less risk. Um, but, you know, so let's say I'm coming and saying I want to take risk and getting budget, getting cost um, to do that, whether it's actually cost or resource, implicit cost through allocation of existing resource. You know, the process of innovation at the moment... You know, given the organisational complexity, given the lack of resources, it's going to be expensive. Um, and then, related to that, is time. And so, you know, investing months—again, this is through traditional innovation methods—investing months in something that may or may not yield a meaningful commercial benefit is a hard thing to sell. And so, how do we, how do we, how do we solve for those things? How do we allow businesses to to move at speed? And that comes on to the third point. I will speak, pick up those specific four points as well. But there's the final part of the sentence, which is you know, enabling insight and innovation at speed within current constraints. So within current constraints, that's a key point. So we're almost the philosophy that we've brought in, which interestingly, good, good Growth had prior to Amigo joining, but something Amigo explicitly had, and this idea of, of approaching the problem in a, in a different way so we've talked about some of the reasons why innovating in large enterprises really any business can, can be challenging so the lack of resources the organizational complexity the cost the time so if we are to put forward a credible solution we can't start to, you know we, our solution can't be sort of embedded or entangled with those current, Those current um, ways of working that exhibit those issues, so we have to come up with a. Otherwise, it's just bound to fail. Um, It's going to be subject to the same issues, even if we limit it to, you know, uh, I don't know, lack of resources. Then we can say so again to play a thought experiment. If we say we can do it without your resources, but it's going to take ten years, then you know that's not a credible solution. So we have again back to back to working at speed so we have to approach this in a different way mm-hmm. and the way and the most concise way and um, something, something that was very um i feel very personally very passionate about is this idea of innovating within constraints constraint-based transformation you know is what, why you know necessity is the mother of invention all this kind of stuff and um how do we do that and so we have a technology that we've developed um and it's important to state that what we're selling as, as good growth is is what i've said so it 's in insight and innovation at speed within current constraints our technology won't solve all problems by itself that's the fact it has to be placed into this sort of philosophy of innovating within within constraints and i'll talk a little bit more maybe later about how how we do that but if if we as a as a mental image imagine almost a, a chart, um, so X and Y axis, because this, this applies to our data side of the business as well. And so let's say at the moment, you know, when, when we meet with a client, our job is to establish what are those constraints within which we can we can operate, and that will vary um, client by client. And so let's say on the X axis, the horizontal axis, we have uh, you know, doing stuff on the website. Or on web-based properties, and on the y-axis, the vertical axis, we have what can be done in the in the data space. So the clients, you know, will be able to do stuff online. They'll be able to do stuff in data land that likely have Google Analytics. And so, what they can do at the moment, we can think of as a you know defined as what you can do on the with regards to data, what you can do with regard to tech and enacting change, and that gives us a square as it were or rectangle probably more likely um, on this hypothetical um, chart that we're, that we're picturing we can then imagine a third axis sort of z-axis uh, depth of um, speed and so this combines to what can be done within constraints when we meet a client and at what rate so you know the, the speed so our job in good growth is to expand essentially all three of those axes so in terms of what can be done so in combination uh, using uh, our technology so good growth technology GDT and our software development expertise we can extend what can be done on the horizontal axis that of uh, tech or you know what can, uh, what can be done on the site web properties and then on the, the data axis you know through our intellectual property through the models that we've built up, our expertise, working with clients, existing data sets and they don't have to be perfect by the way you know, again, part of operating with constraints is that we just take what we're given and uh, work within those constraints. We can extend the, the horizon, sorry, the vertical axis. So we're now seeing that if we leave it there we've expanded this in a sort of x squared sort of exponential benefit we've got at this stage. We then add in the speed axis and here we're, we want to increase speed of course and so we increase the Z-axis and we get an X cubed. So th- that's the mental image I, I use um, personally, is how can we maximise the space and the rate of change of how we, can, of how we allow our clients to, to innovate. So, yeah, um, th- that's how I think about the technology and in terms of good growth, it's insight and innovation at speed within current constraints.
0: Well, that was the second part of our intro to GGT podcast. And it was great to hear more of what Jake had to say. Now, as always, we may have left you with answers. We may have left you with questions. But either way, it'd be great to hear from you. We're Good Growth, a data and technology business trusted by global brands to grow market share and profitability of e-commerce and digital channels. You can email us at inquiries at goodgrowth.co.uk or have a look at our website, which is goodgrowth.co.uk. We'll be back next week with the third and final part of this episode. Thanks for listening.